0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark Podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is an anagogic reader, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon?
1: Hey, Cortland. I
0: don't know what I do. Not even Google knows what you do. No. It's not a thing. I just am this, but I don't know. You're just scamming people out of their hard-earned money. Hey, man. Whatever works. Trying to tell people's future. Yeah, right. Well, I'll read your anagogue right now. I <laughs> Nobody's got anagogues. So how are you doing today, Brandon? I'm doing okay, I guess. Well, that's good. Yeah. Staying well, healthy and such, I assume? I'm trying. It's a hard world, man. Yeah. I'm not coughing up a lung, so well, I that's guess good. that's good. Yeah. I haven't... Dude, I haven't left my house in like three weeks. It's been pretty great. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a time. What have you been doing? I know. I mean, I went to the store, so I'm like lying <gasps> right now, but... <laughs> oh, liar. I know, but, like... You're just out partying at the store all the time. It was a full week between when I, like, last left the house and when I left the house, and that was <laughs> earlier this week, and I was like... My my car started, and it, like, lurched a little bit because I hadn't <laughs> started it in over a week. It was pretty great. I love not leaving my house. <laughs> so, what have you been up to? Oh, uh, you know, a little of this, a little of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pretty much just cleaning. We got, like, almost all of our garage cleaned. I found a whole bunch of old video games and stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah, except now I gotta put them in the house. I gotta find a spot for them, and I'm like, oh, these were out in the garage for, like, a year and a half, and I don't know where to put them. You just need a dedicated game room. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting in it right now, but I gotta clean this room, too. (laughs) I think it's next.
1: Alright. Next on the quarantine agenda. Clean more.
0: So... This is like our year anniversary right now for the podcast. Well, happy anniversary. I know, happy anniversary. I woke up today and I had a message from Twitter saying it was our one-year anniversary on Twitter. So it's pretty close enough to our podcast's anniversary, too. Yeah, that's crazy. I know, it's been a year. Also, it's my wife's birthday today, just like it always is on the Fridays we record. My anniversary, <laughs> son's birthday, wife's birthday. They just all fell on a Friday this year. I don't know why. I know.
1: How dare they inconvenience
0: you? <sighs> it's ridiculous. But, but at least it's so early right now that she's just sleeping. So I don't have to be like, what are you doing up? Get in your room. You know, on her birthday. <laughs> not yet, at least. Um, no, not until she gets up and she's like, I'm just going to play Animal Crossing. And I have to be like, no. No, you're fucking not. Tom Nook doesn't want to see you right now. Get in your room. Although, she could just bring it with her, so (laughs) it wouldn't matter. That's very nice of you to let her. I know, right? I'm a good husband. Happy (laughs) birthday. (laughs) (laughs) You can take your Switch into your room. Happy birthday. (laughs) Uh, You recently had a birthday, too, by the way. Yeah. Now that you're 31, we can both be friends again. (sighs) It's good. It's weird to be different ages. Who wants that? not anybody i know especially not twins if i was a
1: twin i would constantly be like i'm one minute older
0: yeah to everyone even
1: people who didn't ask
0: oh so i seen that um the last of us two got permanently like (sighs) of course it did delayed yeah which is pretty sad because uh it wasn't supposed to come out like really soon and weren't they basically done with it and everything and also it was your birthday present
1: (laughs) kind of sort of That and Cyberpunk were my birthday presents,
0: and both of them
1: are delayed. Oh. Happy birthday, me. Perfect birthday. I'll just sit in my room with my Switch.
0: Well, do you want to get into the episode we watched?
1: Yeah, let's get into stuff that you're not going to cut from this podcast.
0: Yeah, right? (laughs) Sounds like a good idea. (laughs) So Brandon and I just got done watching Season 4, Episode 9, The Tale of the Ghastly Grinner. What did you think about this episode, Brandon?
1: I thought it was neat oh really yeah oh i thought you were gonna say something and you loved it (laughs) i liked some things it was pretty good
0: i like this episode
1: i knew going into this episode that it's one that people really like
0: yeah i had to say something because i mean after i said that the next episode was the ghastly grinner which is honestly probably most people's favorite episode this is one that people remembered and having Toby and Brooke on last week with the room for rent i was like here's this shit episode that you guys get to be on and next week we're talking about one of the most beloved are you afraid of the dark episodes and i felt bad <laughs> <laughs>
1: um i i guess i can see why this would be a memorable episode for people yeah um it is very different it's very different uh my only issue with it is just tonally i don't know where this episode wants to be you mean if it wants to be like
0: serious scary or funny yes yeah i don't even know if they were really trying to make it like a comic book kind of the music is like evocative of a silly comic book yeah it's a big part of
1: the tonal inconsistency yeah There are parts of this episode that are actually scary. The imagery is Mm -hmm. frightening. And, you know, if that's what it wanted to be, I think it could have been easily a very scary episode. But the music and the sound effects kind of just make it weird.
0: Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I agreed with everything you have to say about that. It reminded me most of the tale of the full moon, I think. That's a goofy one. Because that also had, like, that weird, like, 50s music come out of nowhere, and it's like, where is this coming from? Is this a funny episode? But then, like, a scary werewolf pops out. I, I use scary in quotes. Yeah. Like, I didn't get the whole microwave thing that much. It kind of felt like they were just pushing for it. Like, they uh, had to put, oh, microwaves, it's microwaves, when it's not really it's microwaves. Just sciency. Yeah, for no real reason. Um... And that was really my own complaint with it, I think. (laughs) The characters are fun. Um, Mm -hmm. The setting, uh, comic books are cool. Although I didn't like comic books growing up. I like them now. Yeah, that's all I got to say. You want to get into this one? Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay. So our episode starts up, and we're looking down this exceptionally foggy trail leading to the campfire. That's just like fog pouring in right now.
1: Yeah, I think the woods set looks better here than it has pretty much ever.
0: It does feel better. Yeah. You know. It's a good looking woods. <laughs> we watch Frank, he walks down the path and he says, "Come on. What's the hold up?" And we cut to Gary who's lighting a match which then goes out and he yells over at somebody to keep the flashlight still, which um the place is still pretty lit up, but whatever. <laughs> it's always lit up. Yeah. (laughs) You
1: never need a fire.
0: Yeah, they could just tell it by floodlight.
1: (laughs) You've got the sun blasting right down on you. It's not even the moon.
0: (laughs) We look out at Frank, who snatches the flashlight from Tucker, and he kneels down next to Gary, who says it's no good. The logs are wet. So he throws the matches down, and Kiki swoops out of nowhere with some logs. And she tells him to get out of the way. So she starts rubbing two sticks together, and Frank laughs at her, saying, yeah, right, (laughs) you're dreaming. And Kiki says that she needs paper. And the gang look around for a second, and then we see a comic sticking out of Tucker's pocket. So Frank snatches it, so he's saying, how about this? And Tucker yells, no way! And Frank and Tucker stand up, and Frank tells him to chill, that it's just a comic book. Tucker tells him it is not, it's a graphic novel. And we watch Betty Ann come walking down the pathway, and she grabs it from them, and she says, hey, I could use this. And then she takes her seat at the throne next to Sam and Tucker.
1: It's very convenient that Tucker has a comic book this one night out of all the nights.
0: You would think if Betty Ann had a book about or a, a story about comic books that she would have one like ready, prepared yeah. for her.
1: When I saw Tucker have that comic book, I was like, oh, this is a Tucker story. <laughs> He's going to be like, give it back. Because you see, comic books are
0: really... <laughs> I like the idea of him being like, give it back! Well, you see, and then everybody just falls in line and has to walk like robots to their spot.
1: <laughs> Places, people!
0: Get to your seats, children! It is story you see, time.
1: comic books are the scariest thing!
0: <laughs> we watch Sam and Betty Ann for a couple of seconds, and then Betty Ann asks if they ever wonder where they get the ideas for these things. And Sam says, anchovy pizzas before bed? And we cut over to Gary, Frank, and Kiki. And they all look up at her like she's an idiot. Back with Sam, she adds, that gives me bad dreams. And then the kids all shake their heads. All right. She's never been, like, especially stupid before. What is this? I don't know. Sometimes people can just be stupid. No. (laughs) Well, back with Betty Ann, she asks, what if it's not made up? What if comic books were something more? And Sam asks, like what? And Betty Ann says, like a guidebook to another dimension. And we look at Kiki and she somehow gets this campfire lit and it just blazes up. Her sticks are on fire and Gary's all like, whoa. <laughs> Which it's magic. That's probably what I would do, I guess. I'd actually be like, what the fuck? How did you do this?
1: That is the kind of magic I like. <laughs>
0: Kiki laughs a little and acts like she can't believe that that worked either. She's got those two flaming sticks in her hands. And the kids chuckle and they take their seats. Back with Betty Ann, she says, Comic books take you into a world of fantasy and adventure. But is it a place that comes from somebody's imagination or somebody's experience?
1: It probably depends on the comic.
0: Yeah, I guess so, if it's like an autobiography comic. There's all kinds of different comics, Betty Ann. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call the story.
1: The Tale of the Ghastly Grinner.
0: Hmm, that's like a very small part of the story. <laughs> that this is somebody's experience, but I don't know. I feel like not every comic book is created the same. That's true. Then they would be boring. I had a Looney Tunes comic one time. Do you think that that came from another dimension? I mean, I guess Space Jam <laughs> <laughs> would confirm that, huh?
1: <laughs> Do you still have that comic? No,
0: I don't have that. Shit. I've I've owned. That'd be worth so much. I've money. owned two comics in my life. I had a Looney Tunes comic, and I had a Resident Evil comic. Do you have the Resident Evil comic? No, I don't know where what that is. What are you is. doing, man? I had two comics, Brandon, okay? It's not like I was a collector.
1: You could have retired on those two comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: The Resident Evil comic had, like, a very short scene of Resident Evil 2, and then it had, like, two other, like, alternative what-if comics. One was, like, a guy in a zoo <laughs> fighting zombie gorillas. <sighs> I don't even remember what the other one was. That sounds great. It was pretty cool. <laughs> not gonna lie. So cool that I have it today. The episode starts and there's some lightning strikes inside of a room. I mean, it's not like the lightning's in there, but there's just like just an unnatural amount of lightning strikes. It's like like it's crazy. We're looking at a wall that has just a bunch of comic book panels on it. They're, you know, bigger than a page of a comic book. And we look over at just some art supplies, and then this door opens up and a kid walks into the room. And we get Betty Ann's voiceover saying that Ethan Wood was a comic book artist. Well, actually, he had dreams of being a comic book artist. And we watch Ethan with his wet-looking long hair take a seat. Oh, it's disgusting. It really is. And, And he looks through a big stack of envelopes that he brought into his room. And he sorts through them saying, pass, pass, rejected. And then he begins opening one up as Betty Ann says, so far things weren't going so well. Ethan opens up the envelope saying, rejected. Another says, don't call us, we'll call you. And the final one returned to center. And Ethan throws all of them to the floor and he walks over to his wall in a huff and he dramatically throws all of his comic book panel drawings to the ground while it just cuts with flashes of lightning. And it's... It's
1: so dramatic. A much. Yeah. It is so dramatic. Yeah. This kid is, like, 11, and he's Yeah, that's just, what I thought. He's like, what? I'm being rejected by Marvel?
0: How dare they? <laughs> but he got accepted by a couple of them because he passed on them, so... I don't know. Look,
1: he's not gonna go with the, the small
0: fries here. He's going for the big
1: guns, and if he doesn't instantly get it... <laughs> At ten
0: years old, then he's—that's it. He's done. He's washed up. Yeah, because these kids, they are not that old. I would say maybe like, fourteen at the very late, like at the very oldest, fourteen maybe.
1: So it's like, hey, dude, you're you're pretty good, but just kind of stick with it a little bit. I'm a
0: freshman in high school and I didn't get accepted into Harvard yet. This is (laughs) nonsense. Like,
1: I'm not the CEO of Comics (laughs) Inc.
0: it doesn't it doesn't make much sense but hey you know what at least ethan is thinking of his future right right a a lot like this is his life (laughs) very dramatic about it he sees a letter on the ground it's like blue or something so he opens it up and it's an invitation to the grand opening of a comic book ink store it says there's fun prizes come early to avoid the crowd so we cut inside that comic book store. There's a poster or something of Superman and then the camera pans over to the entrance. Ethan walks in and he looks around for a moment. There's no one else there. So he says, avoid the crowd. And he walks in and we get this huge slew of throwbacks. On the comic book display, we see the Crimson Clown and then we see the Watcher. We see uh, the Knight from the Bookish Babysitter and then we see Dean from the Dark Dragon transformed into that werewolf looking shit. <laughs> And um I don't know why they chose these ones <laughs> specifically. I don't know. You would think that they would at least put Zebo up there, don't don't you think?
1: Maybe. I don't know, like put comic booky characters. <laughs> like who's comic booky? Um none of them. <laughs> I guess so. Someone from Renegade Virus maybe.
0: I thought it was pretty cool that they did that, but Yeah, it's very cool. I don't know. I, it's cool, but also I don't get really why they chose those ones. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would do, like, Zebo and, I don't know, not the Watcher. <laughs> I wouldn't put the Watcher anywhere. Oh. He was the worst part of that episode. But that's okay. Up pops this girl, and she looks at Ethan and asks,
1: What are you looking for, cakes? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is weird. Yeah. It's weird, and if it had only
1: happened that once, I would have just been like, that's a weird thing to say.
0: Yeah, but no, that's half her dialogue. It is. <laughs> she says she's got a big sale on Desk Boy, and she holds out a comic. She says a dollar a piece, four for five. Fishman, reporter by day, radioactive trout by night. And uh, e- Ethan tells her that he hasn't heard of any of this, and she's like, "Yeah, no one has. Can't even give them away." Well, you didn't try. You were trying to sell them. So this girl character, do you know her name? No, I put weird biker chick in
1: my notes.
0: I don't think that they ever say her name in this episode. When I looked on IMDB, she's credited as Frankie, but I don't think they ever say Frankie in this episode, so I don't know where IMDB got that. I don't that. think so, but I can see her as a Frankie. Yeah, she's got like really short hair. She's got um like a leather black jacket on. She does look like a biker girl. Ethan pulls out the letter he found. He's saying, I got this. And the lady looks at it saying, it's you. I hear you're pretty good. And Ethan's like, what? And this girl, she says, come on, Cakes. Don't be shy. Did you bring some of your drawings? And Ethan asks how she knew that he draws. And she's like, word travels. Let me see. So she walks over to Ethan saying, come on, I'm a professional. And Ethan starts to take out his drawings while explaining that he's not very good because he's been trashed by every publisher on the planet. And this girl who, like I said, IMDb named Frankie, grabs his art and tells him not to believe anything people say. A lot of the Zoomers wouldn't know talent from, and then she stops after checking out his work, and she says, "Uncus, Okay, Zoomers. <laughs> and Ethan's like, pardon? And Frankie tells him, he's a little rough around the edges, Cakes, but you draw like one of the greats. Shut Sylvester up. Sylvester Uncus Cakes. <sighs> Is that like a fifties thing? I don't know. I don't know. It I don't reminded know why me of like detective and stuff. keep saying it. Frankie steps by him. Should I call her Frankie? Because they never tell us her name. I guess I'm gonna keep going with it. You just call her Frankie, I guess. Okay. Well, IMDB and I are just gonna call her Frankie. Frankie steps by him and he's like, Who? And Frankie asks, Have you ever heard of the ghastly grinner? And Ethan tells her, No. So she walks behind this desk and she pulls out a big case that's tied shut and she unties it saying, A villain so hideous his mere laugh could reduce his victims to giggling idiots. And she opens up the case and un- uncovers a comic book, Issue 1, Volume 1, drawn by Sylvester Uncas, the ghastly grinner. And she explains that Uncas was a was a genius, but he didn't have the guts for the grinner. It was so frightening, he only drew one issue and then he disappeared. While she's talking, we just keep cutting to the like to Ethan's face and then to the Grinner's face on drawn on the cover and um, until she just snatches up saying this is the only copy left and it's all yours and she hands it to Ethan who says I can't afford this well Frankie tells him it's grand opening special it's on the house and Ethan thanks her and she says don't take me cakes thanks Sylvester Uncus and she looks out past him and then looks up at the ceiling or heaven or whatever she says wherever he is She's so weird. She kind of reminded me, just look wise, I guess, of Belinda from Yeah, see you how know, the bookish babysitter. Just because I think she had short blonde hair. She's also weird. They're both weird. Her favorite comic book author disappeared. Brandon, okay, give her a
1: little break. You know what? I like her. I do too. I hate. I hate that she constantly calls him cakes. <laughs> but I think she's just she's just so weird in a good way. She overacts the hell out of every scene.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of uh, interesting characters here. We get this bizarre screen fade where it's like erasing away the last scene into the next. And every... I mean, it's not every scene that fades like this, but almost every scene has this really weird screen transition that no other episode has had so far.
1: No, they get really playful with the editing to kind of evoke a comic book Mm. feeling. But it's also accompanied by weird sound effects every transition.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: It'll be like a page turning, but it'll be like
0: nah, nah. we'll get some clips of uh the weird sound effects or whatever that happen when they get a screen transition. It's a little odd. Um, so now we're we just got this close up of this sausage that's just sitting there, and then it starts to like beep and smoke, and finally the sausage just explodes, and. We look up, and we're in a classroom. It's a great way to start a scene. I'm okay with watching sausages explode, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Keep it coming. Yeah, more exploding sausages, please. (laughs) That's what this episode
1: really lacked, I think. Multiple sausages exploding.
0: It would have made this episode a 10 out of 10. (laughs) Leave them wanting more, though, so I guess I can't really blame them. I mean, this is the first exploding sausage we've had so far in the show, but now I want more seriously so like as far as the exploding sausage
1: scale goes this episode rates really high Mm -hmm. um but we'll get to that on the season wrap-up i'm
0: sure yeah we have a whole new section (laughs) about which episode had the best exploding sausages this nerdy old man walks up to the sausage saying microwaves who could tell me how they work and we cut over to this exceptionally nerdy looking girl who's got braided pigtails and glasses and like some sweater thing. And her name is Hooper. And um, you should really check her out on Instagram. She's she's something. She's something. All right. She raises her hand and without even looking at her, the teacher says, of course, you know, Miss Picolaru. Let's let somebody else have a try, shall we? she lowers her hand and we look out at all these other kids who look bored as hell even though a fucking sausage just exploded in front of them (laughs) like seriously (laughs) this is like the peak of your life pay attention it's all downhill from here i mean let's put this into perspective there's this giant microwave in this classroom and these kids just got to watch a sausage explode that's pretty awesome seriously I would be so Like, hyped.
1: maybe this is what they do every day, and that teacher just, like, <laughs> loads up on the sausages. Like, check this one out, kids. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. Check out this one. It's Parmesan garlic. <laughs> <laughs> Bratwurst. <laughs> Kielbasa.
0: They're like, there's a shortage of food in the cafeteria. And stuff. <laughs> Ethan's in the back, and he's pretending to read his book, like the science book, but you could totally see that he's reading The Ghastly Grinner instead. It's just like Jimmy from The Tale of the Long Girl Locket. I mean, the book's, like, upside
1: down. (laughs) Is this amateur hour? Come on. I mean, you used to play, like, Game Boy Advance behind books in school, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I didn't do
0: any better than this kid did, though.
1: (laughs) Just gotta make sure that... Miss Awesome doesn't listen to
0: this podcast. Well, uh, yeah, right. You wouldn't want her to retroactively take my Game Boy Advance. She'll be 20 like, years later. What? <laughs> I thought you were doing history. <laughs> nope, I was playing Castlevania. <laughs> <laughs> we check out some pictures from the ghastly grinner, and the teacher's like, "Surely those sugar-glazed brains can blah blah blah," because it gets cut off. And we have some silly music. And we check out a bunch of pictures from this comic book where people are just like spitting up blue drool or something. What do you think of the like drawings? A boring
1: comic book. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to read that. It's
0: just a bunch of people like ha, ha, ha,
1: and then they're <laughs> spitting up blue goo. Yeah, for pages on end. That's not very. It was engaging. very
0: nicely drawn and stuff though.
1: It's colorful. Yeah. Frankie offered me that comic book. I'd be like, Nah, I'll pass. Um, can I get some of that dust boy?
0: <laughs> i'll take that radioactive trout though
1: <laughs> you know i just gotta say yeah it was cool to see like well it was interesting to see like superman and wolverine and stuff in the comic shop because i would assume that that would be all like copyright troubles so that they just make up weird generic superheroes like dust yeah. boy and Troutman. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because when she walks by some of the um, comic book stands, you could see X-Men comics there. Yeah. I don't know if they had to spend money on that or not. I assume that they would have to, right? I don't know. So in typical Are You Afraid of the Dark fashion, this teacher is the worst. Yeah. He
1: does look like Stan Lee, though.
0: He does a little bit, yeah. Coincidence? Yeah, probably. Okay. Um, Because, of course, we hear this teacher say, How about you, Mr. Wood? And then he grabs the comic book from him, and Hooper turns around and watches this teacher humiliate this child. Um, He says, Priorities, Mr. Wood. We have only so much room in our minds, we mustn't seek to fill it with tripe. And he walks over to a fish tank, and Ethan yells out, You can't. It's one of a kind. And the teacher says, Correction. It's none of a kind. And he throws the book into the fish tank with all the fish just swimming around in it. And then he starts going on about microwaves. What an
1: asshole. Yeah. And I don't mean for getting rid of the comic. I mean, you wasted a perfectly good opportunity to blast that in the microwave.
0: That would have been amazing. It's not quite a (laughs) sausage, though.
1: No, not quite, but still, like, (laughs) oh, more like none of a kind. (laughs) Pages everywhere.
0: (laughs) Then we get this really crazy screen transition again, and now we're looking at these two, I'm just going to say deadbeat adults that turn out to be Ethan's parents. Yeah, very slobbish individuals. They are something. I think we should take a break, though, and check out the cast for this episode. Does that sound good? Sure. Okay. First up, we have Ethan. He's played by Amos Crawley, if that's how you say his name. I don't know. Famous Amos. That sounds
1: like a fake name. Sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's done a lot of voice work and stuff, like Bakugan and Beyblade. Stuff I've never actually watched, but whatever. But I think he's most well-known for voicing Arnold. In the Magic School Bus. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he's the one that's like, Mrs. Frizzle's gonna kill us, let's not go, guys. And then everybody just goes anyway. Yeah, like, fuck you, Arnold. (laughs) You're trying to have adventures here. (laughs) Next up we have Frankie, who's played by Missy Christensen, who was unfortunately in Almost Nothing Else except something called Rainbow in 1995. Oh, man. I know. I kind of expected her to have, like, a big filmography. because she's, she's great. She, she is putting it all into this episode, and it's not mm-hmm. that It's probably the cakes thing.
1: Everyone was put off by the cakes. and.
0: You know, <laughs> I always rejected. just think a little Debbies. <laughs> 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 we also have Hooper, Hooper Arrow, played by Heidi Berbella, who didn't act in a whole lot of stuff, but she did produce the show Brave New Girls, in 2014, and was the casting producer for a show called Undercover High in the same year, so good for her. Yeah, that's something. That's more than what I'm doing, so good job, Heidi. For the mom and dad, we've got Marsha Wood, played by Penny Man- Mancuso, and John Wood, played by Robert Brewster, neither of which were in anything I recognized, so I think we could just move on from them. Yeah. And that's all for now. Back with the two parents, they're sitting on the couch. Dad's eating popcorn. Well, actually, they're both eating popcorn. Mom's got rollers in her hair, and they're just laughing at the screen. And it really reminded me of Matilda's parents. Oh my God, Matilda!
1: Me too. I was waiting for you to stop talking so I could mention Matilda's <laughs> parents. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, "Shut up!" He like shut, the dad. Shut is... your mouth, Matilda.
0: <laughs> the dad is not quite um, Danny DeVito, but I don't know, it just gives a huge it Matilda is. vibe, where they're all just it's like the vibe. Yes. Interested in watching television and nothing else. They don't want to. They're just zombies. Yeah, like, they're very hypocritical, and they don't want anything to do with their son. It's very Super Matilda-like. Yeah. Like, they want to watch that sticky money or whatever the fuck that show is. That show does seem like it would be pretty cool, though. Yeah, well, I would hate it, because I don't want to be covered in sticky stuff. Sticky
1: with Ricky.
0: (laughs) It would be kind of cool to be in one of those machines where all the money floats around you, but but if you're all sticky like that, it'd be easy. You could just, like, fall to the ground and roll around or something. That's why it's great. I like to think that that's what they're watching. Ethan walks in, and Dad says he got a call from school today. Like, they're going to be saying this while not taking their eyes off of the television. Um, Mom says that he was causing trouble in class again, and Ethan tells him that Mr. Wrightson hates me. And Mom's all, he doesn't hate you. He just doesn't want to see you wasting your time with comic books. And Dad in- adds in that this is the end, son. If we get one more call like that, it'll be no more comic books until you finish college. And Ethan's he- all, what? What? And mom adds in that it's for your own good, honey. Those silly comic books are an addiction. And all the while she's snacking on popcorn. The two parents look at the screen and then they just start laughing as Ethan walks away. That's wild. These parents are crazy. They are. (sighs) But they're also great. They are pretty great. All of the supporting characters
1: are great in this episode.
0: (laughs) They really are. We cut to a microwave and Ethan's cooking up some popcorn for himself. Because apparently this family just fucking loves popcorn. He opens up the bag and then he sits down at the table and he's looking at the wet, ghastly Grinner comic book. And he picks it up, he thumbs through it in disgust, and then he gets an idea. So he pops open the microwave, he puts the book inside, he boops a number, and then we hear the phone ring and mom calls out to Ethan that he's got a call. He tells her to leave a message, but mom's like, it's a girl. So Ethan says that he'll take it downstairs. He walks away and we stare at the microwave all spooky like. What a dumb plan. I think it would be better to
1: do it in the oven. I think it would be better to just leave it. Who wants to
0: heat it and eat it.
1: <laughs> I think it would be better to slow cook it
0: in its own juices. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know. I would just put it somewhere and so then not touch it and hope that it wasn't all wrinkly and nasty like it will be. I mean, it's definitely going to be. <sighs> You're not just going to
1: blast it with heat and have it come out like pristine. You could iron every page.
0: In Ethan's room, he sits down and he picks up the phone saying, hello? And the girl on the other line, she says, it's Hooper Picolero And Ethan's like, who? She says, Hooper Picolero I sit across from you in Mr. Rice in science class. You know, glasses, sweater, braces. I guess I'm a nerd. And Ethan says, oh, right. Uh, I mean, you're not a nerd. And Hooper says, that's okay. I think a person should know what they are and work with it. You go, girl. Own it. Yeah, right? <laughs> Are sweaters nerdy? I think it's the way she's wearing it, because she's wearing it like one button at the oh, top yes. she's, over she's her She's wearing shoulders. it like an old lady. Yeah. We cut back over to that microwave, and Mom is dancing her way into the kitchen, and she plugs in a plug into this outlet that has about a million other plugs in it, oh my God. and it's incredible. She looks over her shoulder, and she says, "John, yeah, it's like a fucking K'nex build. It's, it's so many. I counted them in a minute, so I'll tell you how many I found. All right. But... She looks over her shoulder and she says, John, I'm making pizza waffles. You want one? I want one. I love it. I want a pizza waffle too. Like, Just a popcorn. Chill out. I think I might make pizza waffles for Kim when she gets up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is a happy birthday.
0: Making pizza waffles.
1: Uh, in honor of this episode, I'm going to
0: try to make pizza waffles. Oh, you know what? I don't have a waffle maker. Can I make like pizza pancakes?
1: no that would be a pizza
0: yeah i guess you're right huh
1: (laughs) pretty much it's the grooves that give the pizza sauce somewhere to
0: go and Mm -hmm. makes it i don't know how the fuck she makes a pizza waffle but yeah it sounds incredible i love every moment that she's on the screen (laughs) (laughs) Hey there everybody, Cortland here, your good buddy, and your pizza waffle maker. Thank you as always for checking out our show. Whether you're new or a fan, we're glad you're giving us a listen and having a laugh. Brandon and I have a whole lot more content out there for you to enjoy. Give us a follow at our Instagram, at Private Island Presents, and check out all of our custom made Are You Afraid of the Dark gifts, videos, memes, and so much more. Join in on the conversation and laugh with other fans. Every Monday, we'll be live streaming episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark, so come and chat and laugh with us. We've also got a Twitter that's at PRVTIsland. Check it out and give us a follow there, too. On top of that, you can check out our Linktree link for our Facebook group, our YouTube channel, merch store, and so much more. We've also got a Patreon page, and we hope you consider becoming a patron. You'll have instant access to early release episodes that get uploaded the moment I finish editing. You'll be sent an Up All Night sticker, and you'll get access to our hilarious bloopers and content I cut from episodes. Visit patreon.com slash private island and become a patron today. I'd like to thank all of our current patrons, the Golden Bostics, Bryce and Kathy, and the Bronze Beths, Angela and Shane. Thank you so much, everyone. Our show wouldn't be the same without you. Are you thinking about starting up a podcast but don't know the first thing about editing? Give me a follow at twitch.tv slash I live stream my editing and would love to chat with you while I'm doing it. Season 4 is coming to a close soon, and we could really use your help. Every season we do an Ask Us Anything portion for our wrap-up episode, and we need your questions. If you have any questions for me, for Brandon, for both of us, about our show, about podcasting, or anything else, please send them our way. You can email us at privateislandpresents at gmail.com, or get in touch with us on Twitter or Instagram. We would love your questions or stories. I'd like to take a moment to thank the benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, dating start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. Please stay safe and healthy, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. (sighs) Back with Ethan. He asks Hooper if she wanted something, and Hooper says, I just wanted to say what Mr. Wrightson did to you in class today was really creepy, you know? And back with Mom, she calls for John, and then she walks away from that fire hazard of just shit plugged into the outlet. There's two outlets there. That's just a two-pack with a four-spot adapter. All four of those are being used. One of them has a three-spot adapter. From there, there's so many additional plugs plugged into those plugs that there's a total of like six or seven things plugged into it. With an additional four or five empty slots for stuff to be plugged like a into family it. tree. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It reminded me of Christmas vacation where they have like a million things plugged into a little tiny outlet. It's like that. Except probably worse. Back with Ethan, he says, Well that's nice of you to say. And then back with that fire hazard, we hear something beeping. Back with the kids, Hooper's like, I mean it. I think you're a really great artist, and but then she gets cut off to watch the camera move from the plugs, past the rice cooker and a blender and a sink full of dishes, and there's wires running through them to the microwave where it's beeping a whole bunch, and then we hear an explosion, and the microwave opens up, and there's a flaming comic book. So Ethan sets down the phone. He runs to go check, and we stay with the phone off the hook, and Hooper, we can hear her ask if Ethan's house just exploded.
1: <laughs> Which is great. That's pretty great, right? She says completely dryly, um... How do these people survive this long as it is? That's a good question.
0: You mean, like, how do they have a house and everything? And
1: Just how have they not
0: killed themselves accidentally at some point? Uh, that's a good question, man. I have no answer for it, though. With Ethan, he runs to the living room. He's calling for his parents. And then he moves into the kitchen. And he's waving away just a bunch of smoke, right? And we hear Mom. And she says, right here, honey. And Ethan asks if they're okay. And she says, of course, everything's fine. And Ethan's like, fine, Mom. And he, and he pulls out the comic book from the microwave, and the ghastly grinner's face is perfectly exploded out of it, like it's been hole-punched out of there. And we look at the wall, which has a cutout hole of some person in a cape, like a cartoon.
1: Yeah, Looney Tunes style.
0: Mm-hmm. And we hear some distant laughter, and Ethan walks up to the hole, and he looks at it, and then he sees some goop or something on there. And then Mom walks up behind him saying, maybe we should open the door to get rid of this. And Ethan turns around, and we look at Mom... The curlers are just out of her hair and her eyes are sunken in and then she says,
1: oops, (gasps) too late.
0: And she laughs a whole bunch and blue goop starts coming out of her mouth and Ethan screams and she laughs some more. And then he runs over to the couch where dad is and he turns over to look at Ethan. His eyes are all sunken in too. And he says, you heard any good jokes lately, Ethan? And Ethan screams and he laughs and blue goo comes out of his mouth too. And then he turns back to look at the television. What's with the blue goo? I don't know. I don't even know what it could be, honestly.
1: Like, what it actually is. Making them laugh makes blue goo come out of their mouth. Why? Does that benefit the ghastly grinner in some way? Or is it just like, I'm going to make you laugh goo. It's just part of my powers.
0: kind of wondered why there was blue goo, too. I don't know. I guess it's just, like, the easiest way to show that they've been turned into dum-dums. I'm not sure. Mom and dad are crazy, though. They were already crazy. Now they're extra. They're actually like better people now. <laughs> <laughs> they're up and moving a bit more. Ethan runs outside and away from his house and he crouches down and then he looks at the comic book and we see a picture of his dad, which um, it just like shows exactly what just happened. And Ethan's all like, what? And then he gets scared because right behind him is Hooper. And she's like, it's only me, Hooper, Picolero. I sit across from you in Mr. Bryson's science class. And Ethan grabs her telling her to get down. And asks why she's there. And Hooper tells him that she heard the explosion over the phone. What's going on? And Ethan tells her, I don't know how, but I think I just brought this guy to life. And Hooper looks at it, and she says, the ghastly grinder? And Ethan corrects her, saying, Grinner. He feeds off people's emotions and drains them until they're nothing but laughing idiots. I think they got my parents. And Hooper suggests that they tell somebody. And then we look over at this couple walking down the street. And Hooper pops up yelling, Mom! But Ethan grabs her and drags her down. Why are her parents going there? It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. We watch the picoleros. They walk up to the woodhouse and they have like some food or whatever in their hand. And the moment they get up to the door, mom and dad, they open it up and mom excitedly says, Betty, Bill, gosh, it's good to see you. And she takes the food from Betty and, and, and then John invites them into the house to meet their uncle Bob and they walk in. It would make more sense, I guess, if Ethan were like a new kid in the neighborhood, and they were being friendly neighbors with, you know, the jello mold or whatever yeah, the sure. fucking trope is, but it doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, I don't buy that they're friends.
0: Nah, me neither, because then Ethan would know Hooper Picolero quite well.
1: Well, to be fair, she introduces herself in full every time anyway. So maybe they've known each other since they were little kids, but she always is just like, I'm Hooper Picolera. I sit beside you and blah, 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 blah. Every year. Different teacher.
0: (laughs) Back with Hooper and Ethan. Hooper tells Ethan that she doesn't have much of a sense of humor. Why does she say that? Because it comes up again later. Yeah, I know that, but I don't don't know why she said it here. Uh, But Ethan's like, oh, yeah, well, I don't have an Uncle Bob. We hear some maniacal laughter coming from the house and then we get another weird cut where a comic book picture of the ghastly Grinner slides across the screen and now we're seeing a bus come to a stop and Ethan runs up to it and Hooper's behind him asking where they're going and Ethan runs to the door of the bus saying that they gotta go to the comic book shop and maybe that lady knows how to stop the Grinner. And Hooper says, okay, but I need to be home by six. And then Ethan grabs her and they get into the bus. The door's closed. Ethan chokes her. The bus drives away. He very roughly grabs her by the neck (laughs) neck grabbing is the thing in this episode okay inside the bus the kids find a seat and they sit down (laughs) Ethan says there's got to be a clue in here somewhere something that tells us how to send the grinner back and ethan opens up the comic book and we see his parents and hooper's parents which hooper uh, tells us that is what we're seeing and he flips the page and then we see hooper and ethan in the comic they're sitting in the bus and the kids slowly look up, and Hooper's like, Ethan? And we look at the bus driver, and his head snaps 180 degrees backwards to look at these kids. And he opens up his mouth, and he laughs as blue goo falls out. Why do they appear in the comic all of a sudden? I don't know. The comic's just,
1: like, coming to life. Whatever. It's writing itself as they go.
0: I mean, okay, I guess it makes sense in the context of the story, because they were talking about... Well, the, later they talk about how it's a different dimension, so... Maybe it's like the Ghastly grinner's Dimension and the real world are merging and it's telling it through this comic book. I don't know. That's a big stretch, though.
1: What happens if they just, like, skip a couple pages? They
0: don't do that. I don't know. (laughs) The kids scream a bit. The bus driver's head snaps back to look forward. And then he just, like, guns it. And he starts driving all crazy. He's bouncing in his seat and he's swerving all across the road. Thankfully, there's nobody else on the road. And Hooper falls to the ground, and Ethan sees an emergency brake lever, so he reaches for it, he grabs it, and the bus comes to a screeching halt. The driver gets ejected out of his seat, smashes into the windshield, then plops back down in his seat. The two kids run out of the bus, and we look at the bus driver in his seat, and he's slumped over, and he's smiling. Blue goo is flowing from his mouth, and he twitches, and he lets out a little giggle, and it's incredible. It's creepy. It's creepy. You know, even as a kid, I watched this episode, and I'm going to spoil it a little bit here. Everybody comes back to, like, their regular selves. But what about that bus driver? Because not only did he snap his neck 180 degrees to look at these kids, but he also got into a car accident where he was, like, twitching and giggling. He just thought it was funny. Does he come back okay, or is he, like, broken-necked twitching in a bus? Another comic book transition slides by, and we're back in the comic book store, Hooper's looking around and Ethan's talking with Frankie about why this is happening and that it's not real and just a comic book. And Frankie tells him, not if you believe in the unky. Un- 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 I don't know, Uncanny theory. I think that's sure. What whatever. Which I was going to look it up and then I realized, oh, it's just Uncus, but yeah. with a theory slapped on it. So I didn't do that because it's not real. She <laughs> says, Sylvester Uncus always said he wasn't just drawing comics. He was creating a guidebook to other worlds. Real world. And Ethan says he seems like a nutcase. And Frankie's like, that's what everyone thought until he drew the Ghastly Grinner.
1: What, people stopped thinking he was a nutcase
0: when he drew that? <laughs> he disappeared. People just stopped talking about him. That's what she meant to say. It's even this child who is super, super into comic books and wants to be a comic book artist has never heard of this man. You would think that he drew things besides the Ghastly Grinner first, right? Yeah. Well... Frankie pulls out some unfinished comic book panels, I guess. They're like half-colored in, mostly drawn in, and she says, "Uncas stumbled onto something far too evil to be toyed with, and he wanted to put a stop to it before it was too late. This was to be the final issue, and she holds up a panel that's barely colored in, and she says, The death of the ghastly Grinner. And Ethan shouts out that it's not done, and Frankie tells him, Before it was finished, the Grinner got him. He hasn't been seen since. And now you've brought the Grinner to this world where he can have all the fresh victims he could possibly want. And she walks away from Ethan. Ethan follows, asking how she knows all this. And Frankie steps over to a comic display stand and says, Sylvester Uncas was my father. And she looks over at Ethan and says, That's why I sent you the invitation cakes. That's why I gave you the comic. You've got the touch. I want you to finish his work and bring my father back. And Ethan asks how and, and, and says he's not blah, blah, blah. But he gets interrupted by Hooper, who says microwaves. And the two look at her saying, what? And Yunsen. And Hooper says, that's how you brought him here in the first place, right? And that's how Uncas wanted it to end. And Ethan's like, yeah, right. Where am I going to find a microwave oven that big? And Hooper's like, not an oven. Mr. Ryston has. But then she's cut off by Frankie, who says, no, the only way to stop. God damn. But then they're all interrupted by blue goo falling on them. <laughs> Everybody's just interrupting everybody with and then it's goo. I don't know what the hell's going on. It falls onto the comic book panel in their hands and the gang look up to see the Ghastly Grinner standing up over them on a shelf or something, and he's dribbling out Blue Goo, and he laughs. He's in this crazy blue and yellow jester outfit with a cape, and it's incredible, and he laughs at them, and he says, What's the matter, kids? Can't take a joke? And he grabs Frankie by the throat, and he lifts her up, and the kids run away screaming. What a scene. What a scene.
1: Yeah, our first actual look at the Ghastly Grinner. Mm-hmm. He's pretty spooky.
0: Yeah, I like him. I think the makeup is pretty good on him and the costume is yeah
1: fun. the face is good the costume yeah it's a bit silly but i mean he's a jester so
0: yeah that's what he is do you think they were trying to like i mean i've never read batman comics or any, at all so is this like a play on the joker a little bit
1: <laughs> i think it's undeniably inspired but i don't think it's like a direct ripoff or anything okay
0: we cut, and now we're in Mr. Wrightston's class, and Ethan is fucking around with that giant microwave sausage exploder thing from earlier, and from behind him pops Hooper, who scares him, and she's like, it's okay, it's, me, it's just me, Hooper Picolero. I sit across from you from Mr. Wrightston's science class, and <laughs> Ethan's all like, yeah, yeah, I know.
1: I love that she does that.
0: I do too, but why did she do that? They were together, weren't
1: they? <laughs> yes. They've spent this whole time going on adventures. <laughs> it's, it's a little ridiculous. Look, she knows that she's forgettable.
0: (laughs) Uh, She is like my favorite character in this episode. Yeah, she's great.
1: (laughs) Like I said, all the supporting characters.
0: Even the old man? Yes. Even that sausage exploding old man. (laughs) They get down on on the ground and they pick up some stuff and Ethan asks if this will work. And Hooper starts spewing some nerd shit, saying, uh, as long as the power PowerBloid sustain the initial microwave intensity, the focal region is sufficiently agitated. And Ethan lifts up this big eraser that says, for big mistakes on it. And she stops. She grabs it, and she says, um, yeah. Did you ever have an eraser like this? Nope. <laughs> I don't make big mistakes. It's one of those erasers that is just, like, quintessentially 90s. Like, when kids used to buy those absurdly big pencils. Yeah.
1: Did it actually erase things or did it just smudge? I don't the... remember.
0: I'm pretty sure that kids that Ugh. bought them were too afraid to use them as erasers because it was so, it was such a hilarious joke. And then if you yeah. used it as an eraser, it would start to like rub away. I don't know. Erasers never work anyway. They're just for chewing on. Yeah. I know, right?
1: Erasers <laughs> are for poking holes with your
0: pencil. That's, that's a good, yeah. Back to the story. Ethan tells her, listen, Hooper, it might get dangerous so you don't have to stay. And the camera shifts and we can see the door to the room in the background. There's a tinted window and a figure starts opening up the door while Hooper asks, what about him? And Ethan says that he started this thing, so he has to finish it. But this whole time, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I think Hooper probably wants to help you out considering her parents are, are laughing idiots too. So...
1: No, go home.
0: Where's she supposed to go?
1: <laughs> Play your Switch in your room, Hooper.
0: <laughs> Hooper doesn't have a Nintendo Switch. Brandon but it's just like he's like leave me and she has nowhere to go to so why not help out they just forget the fact that all of their parents are dumb <laughs> they're not dumb they're hilarious
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well Hooper tells them that she's staying and then the kids are interrupted by Mr. Wrightson who says he hopes that there's an explanation for this and Ethan's like uh not one that you'll buy and Mr. Wrightson looks at them and says pretty angrily, This is no laughing matter, young man! And then suddenly the (laughs) gaslight grinner pops up from behind this guy laughing and turns him around, gets close to his face, and Hooper screams out, The microwave! So Ethan gets up and he starts turning a knob on that thing. We cut over to the grinner, and he's just got this old man lifted up by his collar, and he's laughing in his face. And Hooper (laughs) calls out that it's not working. Ethan doesn't understand. And we look back at the old guy who spits out a mouthful of blue goop, and starts laughing, and there's just a bunch of flashing, and we see Hooper pull something out of her bag. This old guy did a good job, I thought, Yeah. of turning into it's Stan a... Stan Lee. <laughs> yeah, it's Stan a cameo Lee of a game. lifetime. Stan Lee was like, you can use the Wolverine's picture, but I have to be in the episode. The Grinner drops the old man, and he looks at the kid saying, so, who needs a good laugh? And Ethan's still fucking around with that microwave. So the Grinner grabs him and says, how can I ever repay you for bringing me through? And he laughs, and we see Hooper move to do something, and then back with the grin, he says, I know, I'll leave you with a smile. And Hooper runs up, screaming, no! And she pushes Ethan out of the Grinner's grip, and the Grinner laughs a bunch, and the kids run, and we get this close-up of the face of the Grinner over the kids running, and it laughs, and spins. It is absurd. Yeah.
1: They just kind of slip away. The Grinner doesn't seem to be, like, too terribly menacing. He just kind of laughs. He'll lift you up a little bit. But then he just, like, <laughs> I mean, he,
0: he just
1: wiggle out. He
0: lifted that girl Frankie up by her neck. <laughs> that would kind of suck.
1: I guess. But then you just laugh about it.
0: We cut, and we're back at the comic book store, and Ethan asks why they're there. And Hooper can't hear him because she's got, like, some cotton or something in her ears, which I think it showed her grabbing that out of her bag, but they do nothing with that. Why did she put the cotton in her ears? I guess like she wasn't hearing the laughing.
1: Is the laughing like what hypnotizes them? Like if you can't hear his laugh, then you don't
0: go goofy. I guess so. But like it doesn't explain anything. I thought it was him like laughing directly and looking at his face or something. But mm. where's the blue goop come from? <laughs> I don't know.
1: We'll never know. Do we
0: all have blue goop inside of us? Yes. The blue goop was inside of us all along. <laughs> Ethan asks her again why they're there. And she says, Uncas' daughter tried to tell us how to beat the Grinner. We just didn't get it. And Ethan's all, I hope this is better than your microwave idea. And we see Hooper picking up those unfinished comic book panels from before. That microwave idea was great. Yeah, microwave the motherfucker. Sausage blow shit ex- up. Blow, him on, blow it up like a sausage. Yeah. <laughs> She says, microwaves are the answer. We just weren't using them right. There's only one way to beat him. You got to finish the drawings. But that doesn't have anything to do with microwaves.
1: Well, you draw a microwave. I guess.
0: That's what she wanted you to do. And Ethan says that he can't because he's not good enough. But Hooper believes in him. And so did Frankie. And then gives him a sweet pep talk saying, if he doesn't believe in himself, then we're doomed. And the kids look at each other for a moment. And then we get this awesome montage The panels get plopped to the ground. There's a close-up of Hooper opening up her little fanny pack thing. Then Ethan sits down. Next, Hooper pulls out a pen. She looks at it, and then she hands it to Ethan. And he starts working on the panel, using the pen. And time passes. He's coloring them in. Now he's coloring the Grinner. Hooper is looking out a little door window, and she asks how much longer. And Ethan tells her he's almost finished. But the camera lingers on the door window as she walks away, and we see some blue goop on the glass. I love that montage. What'd you think of it? It was great. You know, I gotta say, this show, you can tell that the directors and the, the cameramen and stuff, they had so much fun with it. They could do whatever they wanted, and they did whatever they wanted, and it's great. Hooper walks around the store for a moment, saying, Sure, is quiet out there. I wonder where he is. And then she walks past the Grinner, pretending to be a statue, and he laughs at her.
1: How would you not notice that? <laughs> <laughs> be like, Oh, is that the Grinner? Oh, no, it's just the Grinner statue that we
0: have. That was close. Ethan looks up, Hooper looks over, and then Ethan gets back to work to finish the comic. The Grinner asks Hooper if she knows what happened to the last guy that tried to stop him. Let's just say his subscription was canceled. Then the Grinner grabs Hooper by the pigtails, lifts her up, and laughs in her face. But (laughs) nothing happens. (laughs) So the Grinner is like, What's the matter, kid? You
1: don't like the laugh. Hooper's like. Sorry, I don't have much of a sense of humor.
0: <laughs> and I think that might be my favorite part of the episode. It's great. <laughs> She's pretty incredible. She just delivers
1: all these lines totally dry, no emotion. She's just like, "Yeah, sorry, Mr. Grinner, I just, uh, <laughs> I just don't think you're funny." Uh, <laughs> work on your material. Uh, she
0: just the Grinner just back. doesn't even care though. He's just like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> just like what? It didn't work? And she's like, "Yeah, I'm immune. What can I say? <laughs>
1: no blue goo in me. Sorry."
0: Like you would think that the grinner would be like, "Okay, well then I'm just gonna kill you then or something." Like, I don't know.
1: yeah,
0: just snap your pigtails. <laughs> Ethan then gets up from his work and says, Hey, Smiley, who's laughing now? And the Grinner drops Hooper and looks over at the completed panels, which has like a picture of Ethan in it as a superhero. And the Grinner runs at Ethan, who runs at the Grinner, and they collide and they disappear and the panels fall to the ground. And we hear some ethereal laughter and Ethan yelling for Hooper. Okay, so he had those comic book pages and he was supposed to finish them and they were already all like half done or so. And he inserted himself into the, <laughs> into the work. Because it's not like Uncas would have drawn him in there. No. He scribbled over Uncas' drawings. He's just like, fuck this story. I'm going to make my own. <laughs> okay. I <sighs> just, just wanted to double check. With you. <laughs> so Hooper, she gets down and she picks up the comic book stuff on the ground. And here we can see Ethan punch the Grinner... The rest of this episode, like, this part of the episode is all, like, shown through the panels of the comic book. And we see Ethan punch the Grinner. Then Ethan, Frankie, and Uncas are running together. And we hear Ethan ethereal say, stay with me, we're getting out. And then Old Man says, I'm with you, kid. And Frankie says, let's go. And we cut to a pic of the Grinner saying, come back here, you can't escape. And Hooper, she flips through another panel and it's got Ethan running to a microwave-looking contraption saying microwaves didn't work in my world, but they will in yours. And through the panels, we see him flip the switch on the microwave and it zaps out electricity. And then we hear the Grinner say, microwaves, no. And the electricity zaps him. Hooper smiles. She flips some more panels. And we see the same picture of Ethan, Uncas, and Frankie running. And Frankie says, you did it, cakes. And Ethan <sighs> says, the joke's over. Now, how do I get out of here? And Hooper says out loud, I thought you knew. And she flips another panel. We see the ghastly Grinner behind Ethan. Why would he draw that?
1: (laughs) I don't know. He's sitting there in the montage, like, drawing, and he's like, oh, and this is the part
0: where I can't figure out how to escape. (laughs) You idiot! I mean, he didn't. It's just filling in what's happening, but... Yeah, I know what you mean.
1: You know what? This sequence is great. Mm -hmm. Having this whole finale play out in the comic book, like, thematically it works, It's really cool. And obviously, it's really convenient for a TV production aspect. Like, must be really cheap. Not have to film this stuff. It's just great. I loved it. I did, too.
0: I thought it was great, and I love that Hooper gets to shine, too, here. Because she flips another panel. We see the Ghastly Grinner behind Ethan, and it's laughing. And she yells for Ethan, who yells for Hooper again. And Hooper runs to her bag. She sets the comic panel down, and she pulls out her giant eraser for big mistakes, and she takes that bad boy, and she starts erasing the picture of the ghastly Grinner. And it laughs a whole bunch as it's getting erased, and then a slight explosion happens. Not quite, like, sausage exploding level, but it knocks her glasses off a bit, and it lights her eraser on fire, which she blows out.
1: See, that's why you don't use those erasers.
0: They explode, yeah.
1: You gotta keep them pristine. <laughs> you use them once, man, you're asking for
0: trouble. Imagine if it's in your pocket and you accidentally erase something with it and it just explodes in your pocket. You're dead. We look out and Ethan's back. She gives him a hug and she lets out a laugh to which Ethan's like, Hooper, you're laughing. She's like, I guess I'm glad that you're not dead. I guess I'm Hooper Picolero. Then out of the shadows walks Frankie who says, and so am I. And then from behind her walks her dad and she says, Ethan, Hooper, I want you to meet my father, Sylvester Uncus. And Ethan says, wow. Pass. Right. For real. (laughs) And Frankie's like, I knew you could do it, Ethan. Uncas picks up the comic panel and hands them to Ethan saying, I believe these belong to you. And he looks at them and Ethan Wood is signed on a picture of Ethan as the superhero. We cut scenes and now we're looking at mom and dad. They're standing next to the display with the crimson clown and the watcher and the others and stuff. They're looking fresh as hell with fancy clothes on and stuff and they're getting interviewed. And the comic book store is packed. And Dad says, we've always encouraged Ethan's talents. Didn't we, dear? And Mom laughs, saying, oh, we knew from the very beginning that he was going to be a star. And Dad agrees, and the camera pans more through the store. We get a voiceover from Betty Ann saying, Sylvester Uncas never drew a comic again. He had enough excitement for one lifetime. And we pan through this giant line of people until we see the end, where Hooper's dressed all in black, and she's handing people a comic? And Ethan's next to her, and he's autographing the comics. And Betty Ann continues saying, As for Ethan, well, you might say he finally made it to the comics. And we see Ethan smile and just soak up like how awesome his life is. And that's the end of the episode.
1: Super, like, goth now?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I didn't really she understand She laughed that.
1: once, so now she's <laughs> just, like,
0: fucking punk. <laughs> it doesn't... Uh, I mean, Ethan's also all in black, so... I don't know. He must have just been like, Cooper, you had to copy my fashion for this autograph signing event? You're my bodyguard? I don't know. It's a good episode. It's a silly episode. And it's kind of spooky and...
1: The Grinner is a good villain. Yeah. He doesn't do a whole lot, but...
0: Well, neither did Zeebo, though, and he's a classic villain from the show, too. Zebo did nothing. He did kill a bus driver, so there's that. Yeah. That's one for Grinner. Yeah. <laughs> I could totally see why this is one of the episodes people remember, because it's wacky and it's memorable.
1: The visuals are striking. Yeah. The blue goo coming out of people's mouth, the Grinner, the weird comic book transitions, Mm -hmm. his face spinning.
0: The sausage exploding. (laughs) (laughs) This is one of the episodes that I remember really well as a kid. Even though I wasn't as invested in it because, like I said, I didn't care for comics as a kid. It wasn't something that I bought. Even though you had two of them? Yes, even though I had two of them. I think that I would have liked this episode more as a kid if I I was into, like, X-Men comics or Superman or any of them, really. But even so, I I can appreciate pretty much everything about the episode. The comic book drawings from the show, they were done really well. They were colorful and, and... had their own style and stuff. and I don't know. I liked it. I liked all the characters. The mom and dad were great. Uh, Frankie was crazy. Hooper Picolero was awesome. Ethan mm-hmm. was okay. <laughs> mm. The Grinner was great. It just had everything that I guess a good episode should have. Yeah.
1: My only thing is the weird tonal... Yeah. Like, I just don't know. I don't know what it's trying to be, Cortland. Is it trying to be goofy or is it trying to be scary?
0: I don't know. And you know what? A lot of times it succeeds at both, though. It had me laughing, and the whole bus driver thing was pretty spooky in my eyes. And the Mm -hmm. ghastly grinner himself was menacing. So I don't know. It's a weird tone, but they make it work both ways.
1: It's its own tone. Yeah. No one said it has to be one thing.
0: We cut back to the Midnight Society where Betty Ann says, continued next issue. And Sam says that was really... um, Gary says, ghastly. And Tucker chuckles like an idiot. The kids get up, and Gary declares the meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Tucker takes his comic book back from Betty Ann, who thanks him for letting her borrow it. And Tucker's like, that shit was awesome. And Gary dumps the water on the fire as all the kids chat happily uh, down the trail. And that's the end of the episode.
1: Yeah. Pretty good, Do you pretty think good. Is going to be another issue?
0: Um, I don't know.
1: Betty Ann, you liar.
0: <laughs> so, I mean... I know that a lot of people have seen the reboot, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to spoil the end. Like I'm going to spoil one detail about it. If you don't mind, Brandon, go ahead. Okay. So at the end of the third episode, all the kids go back to the campfire and, um, Gavin stands up and he's, he's like, Oh, I'm going to, about to tell the tale of return of the ghastly grinner. So maybe we'll get one in this next reboot season maybe no I'd, I don't know I'd be okay if they continued some stories I think that'd be fun or it could be horrible who knows but as far as the original and extended f- sixth and seventh season there's not a return of the ghastly grinner just like goth she told us that goth would return and then he never did
1: keep setting up these cinematic universes
0: just crush them down yeah he ain't coming back for now anyway but uh, you know, in the reboot thing, I was kind of surprised that he said returning the ghastly grinner because nobody besides like Betty Ann and the other kids know about it. So I thought maybe he was gonna be like, "And this one's from my aunt Betty Ann," but he doesn't. But um, yeah. Uh, moral of the story is don't throw comic books in the fish tank and then in the microwave. That's stupid.
1: Um don't have a thousand things plugged in
0: yeah that's a pretty pretty good one you would think be
1: safe around electricity people
0: yeah don't have like cords draping over your dishes and about to get filled with water in a sink and also have them plugged into a billion fucking additional outlets moral of the story we all have blue goo inside of us just let it out yes but the tale of the ghastly grinner brandon thought it was a great name
1: yeah that's what it is it's about the and, Ghastly Grinner.
0: I don't know if we can really come up with anything better, but for the sake of, like, continuity or whatever the fuck we got going on in the show, we should try.
1: All right. How about The Tale of the Exploding Sausage?
0: Perfect name. Done.
1: <laughs> All right. See you, folks.
0: This is where I'm going to go over the next episode. We're out of here. <laughs> um. Yeah. The Tale of the Comic Creeper. Um. The tale of the massive microwave was well, pretty big. Yeah, what the fuck is that microwave doing in that class? Just giving all those kids radiation poisoning. The tale of the cakes. <laughs> cakes, good one, cakes. I Still don't really understand that. I feel like they were just going for that like nineteen twenties detective vibe or something. I just, I don't get it.
1: Like calling someone dollface.
0: Yeah, that's what it felt like to me. But I don't know. Um. You know, honestly, I think that's all I got.
1: Ghastly Grinner's okay.
0: Yeah. That's one of my favorite names, I think, for the tales. But are you ready to find out what comes next, Brandon? What is it?
1: Is it an episode that people love even
0: more than the Ghastly Grinner? No, I don't think so. Probably not. I vaguely remember this next episode, so... Season 4, episode 10. The Tale... Are you ready for this? Yes. (gasps) The Tale of the Fire ghost
1: the shit is that is that a scooby-doo episode
0: <laughs> i think it's just gonna be the frozen ghost but on fire <laughs> god
1: damn it just the, all the elements of ghosts
0: yeah and then after that and then is we the get... tale of the air ghost <laughs> and... With our powers combined <laughs> the tale of the heart ghost <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was long ago locket
0: oh yeah yeah you're right it was We've had Lonely Ghost, Frozen Ghost, some Water Demons. (laughs) Next up is Fire Ghost.
1: Earth Ghost. And then, bam, Don Cheadle
0: comes out. (laughs) (laughs) In a blue mullet, yeah. (laughs) So, the tale of the Fire Ghost, who do you think is going to be talking about this one?
1: (sighs) Is it too soon for another... I was going to say Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) Never. It's a Sam story.
0: You think it's a Sam one?
1: (laughs) Yes. She (laughs) loves ghosts.
0: I mean, Kristen told the tale of the frozen ghost. It's only fitting that Kristen 2.0 would tell the sequel, the tale of the fire ghost. What do you think the tale of the fire ghost is? fire ghost? (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: shit. Somebody died in a fire. Mm -hmm. I don't know.
0: It makes sense, yeah. What else could it be? Nothing. I don't think anything. Literally nothing. It's the sequel to The Ghastly Grinner where the parents died in a house fire after being negligent. Jeez. No, because then it would be the tale of the fire ghosts. Well, Brandon, I think that we are all done, aren't we? Yes, we are. We have concluded another rousing episode of Up All Night. I've been up all night, Brandon. I think I'm going to go back to sleep. This waking up early nonsense is stupid.
1: Yes, it is time for sleep. Excellent. Replenish your blue goo. <laughs> oh my
0: God. All right. I'm going back to sleep. I've been all up right. all night. Bye, everybody. Bye. What
1: are you looking for, cakes?